welcome. Welcome to this Sunday service, albeit not the perfect ideal situation, but welcome nonetheless. Praise God for this technology that allows us to be at least virtually present to one another in this live format. And so in a sense, thank you. Thank you so much for being here and thank the Lord for the gift of this technology to allow us to be here. Please know, first and foremost, I do still miss you guys. Nothing has changed. This, uh, this breaks my heart that this is the Sunday Mass. Pews are empty, and yet I'm speaking to you through a cell phone. Nonetheless, I am still grateful that at least it's here in the church that we're all so familiar with worshiping in. Once again, thank you for the communications team. Thank you, Dustin, for the music. And thank you, Eric, our seminarian, for serving. Just this past week, somebody came up to me and asked, with all this COVID-19 stuff, how do I explain to people that there's still a loving God? Basically, people have been asking this person, how can there possibly be a loving God with all of this terror going on? With this virus, this disease that has shut the world down, why would God allow such a grave inconvenience an inconvenience that has to almost toppled the American economy and an inconvenience that has isolated ourselves from each other in a way unprecedented in human history. Nothing like this has happened in the past 100 years. And even although we pray and we pray and we pray, it's still here. Why would God allow that? Why would God allow us to have to endure this quarantine? And the answer, I would argue, can be seen right here in today's gospel. What does Jesus say to his apostles when they're told that Lazarus was ill? He looks at them and says, this illness is not to end in death but is for the glory of God, that the Son of Man might be glorified through it. My dear friends, this is not to take away from those who have died from COVID-19. We mourn their death. We, that's, it's truly tragic. And yet, I would argue that these lines still apply. But instead of applying to a physical death, we're applying it to a spiritual death. This death, this illness, is not to end in a spiritual death but is rather to enable the glory of God to shine forth. This past week, Pope Francis did an unprecedented blessing of the world. It's called an Urbi et Orbi blessing. It's only done on Christmas time, and each time it's been done by the Roman pontiff for centuries. And this is the first time in, the, in really, in, in, in recent memory, in living memory, that the Pope called an extraordinary one, one that was outside of Christmas and Easter, and offered a blessing to the entire world. And it was amazing to see this, this broken man walk up, isolated through the darkness and through the rain, up to the ambo to preach and to send a message to the world. And you know what he said to the world? He said, this virus is not God's judgment on us. But rather, it is man's judgment on himself. It is not God's punishment for us, but rather man's judgment upon himself. Man, man's time to judge what his priorities are in life. How often do you and I get caught up with the active busyness of life and fail to recognize the truly important things? 
How often do we worry about the little minutia that ultimately doesn't matter and help and even keeps us from recognizing the incredible glory, the incredible gift of God, the gift of the sacraments, the gift of our families, the gift of the church, the gift of everything that the Lord has given us. How often are we blind to this and take this for granted? And yet, how often are we finding ourselves grateful for these things right now? Right now. Grateful for the outdoors. Grateful for our jobs. Grateful for our friends. Grateful for our families. These people that we have lost, these things that many of us have lost, we find ourselves so grateful for. And yet I can't tell you how much I've seen people come to me grateful for God. Grateful for the Eucharist. Grateful for the Mass. And yet, all because we don't have it. Guys, that, that is the purpose of COVID-19. To help us to recognize how beautiful our life really is. What a gift our life really can be. That our life's not just about the rat race of making money and going through life and doing all this. No, our life is about relationship with one another. Our life is about relationship with God, first and foremost. And the fact of the matter is, is how many of us would not have recognized that had we not experienced this quarantine? My dear friends, we need things to break our hearts if we're really going to recognize the glory and the beauty of God. If we're really going to recognize how much we trust in God. My, my one book that I'm encouraging everybody to read in this time, if you can, is a book called With God in Russia. It was written by servant of God, Walter Chiswick, Father Walter Chiswick. An American Jesuit born in the early 1900s, died in 1984, lived and lived, was born and raised in Pennsylvania, entered the Jesuits at a young age and decided to go and evangelize the, basically the nation of Russia in 1939. He's there in Russia whenever the communists were taking over, deciding to go and spread the word of God. He, he, he smuggles himself in with a train full of people, goes to the Earl Mountains to go and simply preach the gospel. Say mass to the people, be present, be loving. And what happens? Within three months, Father Chiswick is arrested and thrown in Lubyanka prison, accused of being a Vatican spy. Lubyanka prison is, it was a famous Russian prison known for holding political prisoners, and it was exceptionally torturous because everybody was held in solitary confinement. There was, you, there was no playtime, there was no going out and walking around. You stayed in your room 24-7, except for whenever you were being interrogated. That was the only time. The guards would not wear shoes whenever they walked. They wore mere socks, so whenever they came up on you to take you out of your room, it would be a complete and total surprise. You wouldn't even be able to hear them coming. Meal times were random times, and they would not even let them lay in bed during the day. Their cells were constantly searched every three days or so, so they would not be able to store anything. It was a very, very nerve-wracking, wretched experience. And throughout this entire time, Father Walter Chiswick was being asked over and over again, are you a Vatican spy? And they would not take no for an answer. Now, give you a little background. Father Chiswick was a tough, tough guy. He was known as a seminarian for going years into a year or two with only eating bread and water. During the mornings, he would wake up and he would run several miles. And once he was done running, he would dive. This is wintertime in Pennsylvania. He would dive into the lakes, the frozen lakes, and go swimming. 
He was a man very, very proud of his penances, very, very proud of being tough. And yet after one year of being interrogated by these men, he broke. And he decided to lie to the men and tell them that he was a Vatican spy. He broke down and could not continue after one year of solitary confinement. And he comes back from his, his, his meltdown and he goes to prayer and he says, Lord, why would you let me do this? Why would you let me lie and fall apart? What is going on? I thought I was better than that. And he heard a whisper that changed his life forever at that moment. He said, I allowed you to do this because I wanted you to trust me. I wanted you to trust me. And I wanted you to recognize that everything, it's all my will. I'm the one in charge. I'm the one that's going to take care of you. I'm the one that's lived for you. I'm the one that's died for you. It's not the other way around. That changed his life. And at that moment, he became at peace with the fact that he was in that prison. With the fact that he was right there, wasting his life away in solitary confinement. And you know, Father Chizik was there for the next four years in solitary confinement. The Russians were not happy with him. They were not ready to let him go. Finally, they sent him to 15 years in the gulags of Russia, where he went to Norlisk, Russia, above in the Arctic Circle where it snowed in July. And he worked there for 15 years. My dear friends, he, after working there for 15 years, he was let out, followed around Russia for the next year or two, said a few masses here and there, did a little Easter mass there, here, did a Christmas mass there, very, very low-key, when finally the Americans rescued him, traded a spy or two to have him brought back to America. And there ended his tour of 23 years of a torturous experience in Russia. And you know, my dear friends, Father Walter Chiswick walked out of that that place, that experience, that cold, godless wasteland at the time with nothing but a smile on his face and zero hatred in his heart for the Russian people. He saw nothing but God in them. Why? Because he was broken. Because he broke first. And he recognized that it was not his call to go and save the world. He recognized that his purpose was to sit down in the presence of God and allow the Lord to save him. That's our purpose today, my dear friends. While we sit in isolation, to sit down, to kneel down, to pray, and instead of seeking on ways in which we can be the hero, allow God to be a hero for us. Allow God to give us the grace that we're looking for. Allow God to be the main player in our lives instead of ourselves. That's what got Walter Chiswick through Russia. And that's what it's going to get us through this coronavirus. That's what's going to get us through this quarantine, through this time of self-isolation, through the joblessness, through the isolation, through the economic downturn, through everything. That's what's going to carry us through, recognizing that we are not the saviors, but the Lord Jesus Christ. That he's the one who has our back. That he's the one that's going to take care of us. And I would argue not just, not just, not just Walter Chiswick realized that, but Lazarus did as well. Can you imagine the life of Lazarus after he had been raised from four days in the, from the dead? Can you imagine how he acted, how he lived, how he breathed? Can you only imagine how he dedicated his entire life to Jesus Christ because he recognized and he remembered that he was saved? 
My dear friends, that's the purpose of the coronavirus, so that you and I can be put into a cave, put into a tomb, so that we can recognize the saving power of God, recognizing that He's the one that comes to us, that He's the one who loves us, that He's the one that dies for us, and He's the one who will resurrect us. That He will carry us through this, no matter what. And so, my dear friends, don't lose the faith. Don't get disheartened. Don't get discouraged. Because God is here, he loves you, he'll be with you, and he will carry, this through, carry you through this so that you can walk away from this quarantine with nothing but a smile on your face. Amen.